Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you this evening, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about here tonight. We're going to start out with a story that we promised you last night, but we never had a chance to get to it. And it was actually Sam that had pulled this one up. So I want to uh, delve in now if we can. It comes from your former home state, Dale, of California. Uh, San Francisco, you may recall there was a story a couple weeks back about the BART officer. Remember this one? The guy that shot a a handcuffed man in the back in front of a crowd full of subway riders. And his excuse was he thought it was his taser, which still would have been horribly inappropriate. I don't think we've actually heard from the officer who did the shooting. That was the speculation on the part of the police chief. So the police chief was speculating and trying to make excuses for his officer. I don't think the actual officer in question has spoken publicly at all in this particular case. So uh, right now we do know that that officer was charged with murder. And that's a good thing. Um, and it's only it's only something that happened because there was a crowd of people there who witnessed this. And not only did they witness it, but several people also had video camera devices, uh, mostly cell phones with a video option that were recording this. So multiple videos came out after the fact, and it was those videos that really led to the charges. Because without the video, it's the word of the people versus the word of the police, and we know how that tends to go. Exactly. The police will, you know, they get the benefit of the doubt, um, even though other people are saying, hey, these guys, you know, this guy killed this dude in cold blood. Doesn't matter if that's what you say. You have to have some sort of evidence. And in this case, the evidence was there. However, what if the evidence wasn't there? Well, if it wasn't there, then this probably would have just blown right over. It would have been, oh, cop accidentally kills man. Story's over. Yeah, that's it. Moving moving on. Or they might have even come up with some story about how he did in self-defense. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. He made a Even quick move. Even though he was handcuffed or, on the on the ground. Yeah, he made a quick move, and I had to react quickly, and I, uh, you know, I shot him or, or whatever. And they'll they'll come up with all kinds of excuses. But when the with the video footage, there's no real excuse. However, the cops apparently did their best to prevent people from uh, shooting these videos. And this is part of the news that you won't read in the official stories that came out about the about this occurrence. If you look at the newspapers. Uh, the, the reporting that was done here doesn't cover this aspect of the event. All they talk about is the shooting, right, and the fact that some people recorded it. What they won't tell you is that the police apparently went around to the people that were in the area and attempted to confiscate their phones from them. Mm. This story from carlosmiller.com. Carlos is a photographer and a blogger, and his blog is uh, is called Photography is Not a Crime, It's a First Amendment Right. Seconds after BART police officer Johannes Mersel shot and killed Oscar Grant, police immediately began confiscating cell phones containing videos that have yet to see the light of day. In fact, the only videos that have been seen by the public were filmed by people who managed to leave the, uh, the scene of the crime before the police were able to confront them. In one instance, police chased after Katrina or Karina Vargas after she stepped on her train, banging on the window after the doors closed and demanding her to turn over the camera. The train sped away with Vargas still holding onto her camera. 
Her video, which didn't show the actual shooting but captured the turmoil before and after, was one of the first to pop up on the Internet. And soon after, more videos popped up showing the actual shooting. In the most vivid video, the train doors can be seen closing seconds after the shooting as the train speeds away. But the truth is... The police had no legal right to confiscate a single camera. According to Mark Randazza, First Amendment attorney based out of Florida, cops may be entitled to ask for people's names and addresses and may even go as far as subpoenaing the videotape. But as far as confiscating the camera on the spot, absolutely not, he says. According to uh, another attorney, who, an Oregon attorney who drafted the widely distributed The Photographer's Rights Guide, he said this, in general, police cannot confiscate cameras or media without some sort of court order. One exception is when a camera is actually being used in the commission of a crime, like uh, child pornography or upskirting. It didn't appear that the BART videos were being used in a commission of a crime, so what could people have done to prevent police from illegally confiscating their cameras? Well, one of the uh, experts says probably not a whole lot. You don't want to get into a situation where you're refusing to comply with law enforcement, especially when that law enforcement officer just shot and killed somebody. <laughs> no camera is worth losing your life over. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, police just don't like cameras. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope for the day that uh, that's not going to be uh, an issue, And I think, but I think that it's really going to take, um, in America, I think it's going to take a technolo- technological advance. I don't think you're going to see a sort of legal advance. I don't think oh, you're yeah, going to the- see the cops... The police aren't going to start loving you for bringing out cameras no, anytime and soon. The, the technological advance I see coming is that cell phone cameras can be automatically uploaded to the to internet. To YouTube, yeah. Um, a many of the, there's, there's a service out there, and I can't remember the name off, of, off the top of my head, but you can get for your BlackBerry or uh, Trio or whatever it is that you have that'll automatically, just software that'll do it. So. Well, and there's, the, there's also the uh, streaming uploading like Nick was doing at the marijuana protest. Yes. Uh, where they, if they, even if they confiscate it, it's already too late. The video's already up out. The net. Nick, uh, uh, so. were you talking about Nick from LifeProductions.com? Uh, he's also one of our bloggers at Freekeen.com. That's right, L- LYF Productions. Uh, he's one of our bloggers at Freekeen.com, and he was there at the marijuana protest with his laptop and a camera, and he was using that to stream via public Wi-Fi that was available at that uh, at that point. However, it's kind of clunky to it hold is. a laptop in one hand and you know, hold the camera. Video. The yeah, the video uh, wasn't that great yeah. either, right? So, so it's coming. So, like, this technology is, we're just, I think we're just on the cusp of this technology that we're talking about where people uh, who have certain cell phones with video options do have an option. I think quick.com, qik.com. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is, is one of the websites that gives you this option to stream directly to the internet. And so the, the, they will record you, your stream from your camera. You have to pay for, you know, an unlimited, uh, data account with your cell phone provider in order to have this plus the phones that it's uh it's working on right now are on the are on the expensive side so it's it's not quite within the reach of the average cell phone consumer but from what i understand that you know those prices are dropping and the service plans are getting cheaper and so i would say that within the next few years uh you'll see the unlimited service plans being very very cheap and you'll also see the the phones, every single phone, even the cheapy freebie phone that you get when you sign up for a cell phone account, is probably going to have the video option. That's now, what seems to be happening with the other technologies, like camera phones. Yes. Are, you know, every phone seems to be a camera phone now. Yeah, yeah I can't remember when camera phones really came out and when it was... Uh, it was a few years back, five, was, five years ago yeah, or so. Yeah, something like that. I mean, but I remember having a, a cell phone, and I guess it was... 
99 or something like that, one of those black things. Uh, you know, if you, if you have a cell phone that's, that's sort of uh, not glossy and it's black, you know you've got an old cell phone at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nokia, old Nokias or something like that. And they didn't have any kind of things like that. So it's, so it, it's, it's coming. Yeah, it is coming, and it's 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 here. I mean, it's here now. The technology's here. In fact, I was looking at our uh, we we have a webcam here in the studio, and we use Stickam. dot com to stream our web uh, web version of the show, webcam version of the show. And I was on their front page recently, and now Stickam is also offering streaming from cell phones. But it seems like Nokia is the main brand. It doesn't seem like too many other phone brands have really jumped on board with with offering the option to link up to things like YouTube and Stickam. So it's it's definitely here, and it's going to become more and more affordable. And once more people have camera phones in their hands that can instantly upload to the Internet, it's over for the police state. I mean, as far as it's not going to crumble the next day. Uh, yeah, but it's the definitely video, progress. Yeah, the videos yeah. are going to hit the Internet immediately. It won't matter if they if they confiscate the phones. So the cops eventually, after they've, if, after they've run into enough people with these video phones that are streaming, and they come to the conclusion that, oh, crap, we can't just delete this video. Right. They're you, going to just you can give have, up on confiscating You them. can have one Rodney King incident in a decade, and people can say, oh, well, that's the co- the poor cops. So they, you know, that, the exception. This incident, that, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. But when you start having one every month or one mm, every other every month. week and yeah. you know that that's going to change everything so yes sir oh i was going to say what's concerning me i think even more than the notion of videotaping cops and being uh, caught for it because there is nothing illegal about videotaping the cop there is this ambiguity They'd about like the wiretapping law yeah they, they, they'll try to convince you that they, they, they can you know that's the thing they'll try to um that's what got that's why the wiretapping law and the ambiguity around it whether or not you can audio tape someone i think mm-hmm. it, it still sounds amb- ambiguous to me but uh but that's actually, to me, a bigger concern, and I think it's one of those things that Ridley says it's a hill to die on, because hearing what a policeman's saying to you, whether it's lawful orders, things like that, is relevant in court. Getting arrested over the issue of continuing to tape a, a police officer when he's told you to stop. Right. Ridley, you're saying Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is saying that's worth it, and I agree. I'm saying it is. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Have you been looking to spice things up in the bedroom or fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. That's FTL like Free Talk Live. Use that in the offer code. Uh, plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Again, 50% off with, uh, for one item with an offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. That's Eve. Dot com. As we continue here, the story is an update on the BART situation. The BART cop, transit cop, shot a man in the back, just cold-blooded, murdered a man. It right. sure looks that way. Yep. Well, he's been charged with murder. That doesn't mean he's guilty. That's true. In fact, I don't expect the system to find him guilty, but we'll see what happens in the in the long run here. Unusual situation. Normally, cops don't get charged with murder um, because normally there aren't people around with video cameras. 
In this case, there were a whole bunch of them, as a matter of fact, a whole subway train full of people, a platform full of people with uh, with video cameras trained on this uh, this particular scene. So that's why the cop got uh, brought up on the charges, because, well, he was caught red-handed murdering somebody. But the cops did their damnedest to clean up the uh, the act. They did or the the scene. They they went around to the various different people they spotted with phones and confiscated them from them. Now, the blog at carlosmiller.com says that there's no legal reason for the cops to be doing this. Like the, it's not legal for them to do it. However, I think it is legal for them to ask you to give you uh, to give them your phone if a cop comes up and says, "I'm going to have to ask you to hand that over." Well, he's only asking you. The way he words it is, I'm going to have to, so it makes it sound like it's an imperative kind of situation. And the, ter- and, and the tone is, uh, you know... Sure. Yeah, I mean, how many people want to disobey a cop, even if it's not a lawful order? Right, right. he's standing I mean, there with a gun on his hip. They can't tell you... It, this is a thing a lot of people uh, don't seem to grasp. A cop cannot order you to do anything. <laughs> there are lawful orders, and there are, there are orders that are not lawful, and you're not required to obey a... a an order that's not lawful. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, I see. You're saying that uh, they can't order you to do something that's not lawful. Well, I mean, because I, they, they can order can't... you to do something if it's lawful, right? Well, I think there are just the notion of a lawful order. I mean, you know, I, they can't. You are not the cop's slave. You are. I mean, if he, there are orders they can issue you uh, that presumably are necessary for them to carry out their duties, mm-hmm. right? But they can't order you to mow their grass. That's not illegal, but. Right, so nope, they can't do that. I mean, but get out be, of the car. There has to be some notion they... of what is a lawful order and what is not. And I, th- yeah, I think you know. Um, but you know, but you know, uh, like trying to search your car or allow me to search your trunk or something, mm-hmm. for instance, would not be. That would be an illegal search. That's not, you know. So if it, uh, go ahead. If, if you were going to, I was done. I was going to uh, go to the phones here because we actually have a law enforcement officer on the line who might be able to give us a little bit of uh, insight here, or I. And I don't know if he actually is a law enforcement officer yet. Have you graduated uh, from your your classes, Officer Liberty? Oh, yeah. I'm coming up on it pretty quick here, Ian. Okay, so soon to be a full-fledged law enforcement officer, Officer Liberty calling from Minnesota. You are on the line here. You've been hearing us talk about this uh, BART cop situation, the cop shooting a man in the back while he was handcuffed. Uh, cops then afterwards went around to the crowd and confiscated people's camera phones. We'd just like to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, okay, and then I'll get to what I called in about. Sure. But, um... I think, first of all, that man should have never had any sort of weapon on his hip because he clearly does not have the competence to carry it. And now some man paid the price for that, and Mm -hmm. that is unacceptable from my point of view. Um, I hope that he has found a justice, as you've already pointed out. Let's not hold our breath. But, you know, that's all i got to say about that. How do you feel about the uh, confiscations of the uh, the video cameras? I mean, the... the, that's what I was getting to. That also, you know, just from a liberty standpoint, is atrocious. And I can't believe, well, I guess I can believe that people are giving up their phones because Joe Schmo on the street doesn't know his constitution. That is an unreasonable search and seizure. But just like you pointed out before I came on, the way that you can ask someone, I'm going to have to ask you if you would hand over your phone it's not saying give me your phone, right? Do they which te- would do, be illegal. Do they uh, teach that uh, those tactics at, at cop school? In school, no. But on the street, you're told do what you got to do. I see. 
But you know, that is not part of the, the training curriculum, no, but very many cops quickly adapt that style. Right, so if a cop asks, asks to, for you to give uh, the, the phone over to him and you comply, well, that's just a voluntary choice on uh, your part. But yeah, it, that's, that's your fault. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it's voluntary because he's standing there with a gun on his hip. And exactly. the way he delivers, uh, you know, he delivers the question is kind of, uh, well, iffy. I know that you call, you, I don't want to derail you from getting to the point you called in about, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this notion of what is a lawful order. Because, I mean, there, what, I mean, what, where's the boundary? How is that defined as what's a lawful order or not? I mean, obviously, they don't, you, you don't have to do whatever they tell you to do, right? Exactly. But, I mean,. That that just takes a little education on the citizen's part, and hopefully you're dealing with a straight cop, which doesn't happen all the time. But, you know, you just kind of have to use a little bit of common sense here. And if you know anything about your constitution or the laws in your area, you you can pretty much get a decent idea for what the cops can and can't do. Um, I guess my, my um, advice to you would be, for the most part, Try to go along with the program and follow up on it afterwards. Get in touch with your uh, whatever government you got in the area if you feel comfortable with that route and find out um, if they did the right thing or not. You know, get a name and a badge number and a phone number. Ask them if they have a business card for the department that you can follow up on what happened. Uh, now, but, um, aren't all cops required to carry business cards? Or is that not true? Uh, it's not a requirement, but okay. it is, um, it's, it's strongly pushed by administration that you always have one on you. So, when we're talking about the issue of the cops and intimidation, and a cop comes up to you, you've got your video camera out, you've got your cell phone camera out, the cop comes up and says, I'm going to have to ask you to hand that over. Well, we know that people are trained just sort of by the governmental system to be obedient to anybody who's in government. Uh, For instance, when I was standing out in front of the voting location here in Keene a few months ago, handing out flyers... One of the bureaucrats came out, just one of the regular voting bureaucrats, not a cop or anybody that was intimidating in any way, just some old lady, comes out and starts approaching the people I've handed the flyers to, and she says to them, can I have that? And the people would just hand it over. So so people are trained to obey governmental so-called authority, not even just the police. So the police take an extra step because they have the ability to put you in handcuffs and take you to a jail cell or possibly hurt you if you don't obey. So when a cop demands something of you, there's sort of a a natural programmed response to obey. And the fact is a lot of people know that even if they consider saying no, and I know you you wanted to make a point here, so hang on, Officer Liberty, we're going to come back to you. Even if you consider saying no, if you know how bad the cops can be, you know there's a good chance... That while you're standing on principle saying no, the cop could still very well say, all right, you're under arrest for disorderly conduct. They can throw that one out on anybody, and then you're going into the pokey. I like that slogan, question authority. More coming back. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building, perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com. That again, SACL, C-A-I. So uh, you can also join us again, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, including updates. So get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We go back to Officer Liberty in Minnesota on the amp line. So what were you calling about tonight? Okay, um, something that we talked about in one of my classes. Um, so a re- uh, municipality in the area uh, a couple years ago had a big problem with rape. It was uh, mm. it was a big issue going on for a few months, and uh, it wasn't any one guy. It was just this problem that sprung up out of nowhere. Wow. And one of the solutions, they, they did a lot of things. They put more cops on the beat. They They put lights in the areas, tried to make it, you know, not as... Um, they just tried to drive away these people, and it wasn't going away. So one thing that they did was that they put cameras up, up on the street, and they publicized that, and consequently, rapes went down, as well as some other violent crimes. Um, I guess I'm looking for your response to that. On one hand, we have government cameras out on the street now, but on the other hand, violent crimes are going down. I think it's interesting because we had heard from uh, the U.K. Uh, that the camera techniques did not work. They basically said that streetlights were more effective than the CCTV right. cameras. And it may be in a, in a limited area that you can make cameras work by driving the violent crime elsewhere. And I don't know, you know, like, I, I, I re- really, are the rape, rapists stopped raping because there's some cameras in a few places around town? Or have the rapists gone to other towns or something? Wait, was this on a campus? No, this was uh, in the downtown area. Okay. What's the gun situation there in Minnesota? Is it legal to carry firearms there? Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a concealed carry permit myself. Well, I mean, and, but um, how easy is it, is, I guess, is really the question. There are some places where it's legal to get such a thing, especially if you're an officer and training to be an officer. However, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the average Joe, the average Jane, um, to be able to uh, carry a gun can be very difficult. There's a lot of victim disarmament laws in this nation. Um, Joe Schmo, who is over 21 and not a felon, all he has to do is fill out a form and send in some fingerprints, and he's good to go. He gets his permit in less than a month. I would say that that would be my preferred solution, uh, would be to encourage people to defend themselves as opposed to putting up cameras everywhere. Of course, I have no, I have no problem with cameras being on private property. I like the idea of that when I'm in a Walmart parking lot, for instance, I like that my car is being, uh, looked over by Walmart security cameras. I like the, you know, the fact that if somebody's going to try to steal a purse from a lady in the Walmart parking lot, they're gonna have video footage of that. And I bet you as a result, there aren't very many crimes 
crimes committed in Walmart parking lots because there are cameras around. So I think there's some value to the idea of having closed-circuit television cameras in, a, in any given location. What I don't value is having government eyes behind those cameras because in many cases then they're just used for revenue generation or they're used for other other things that they may perhaps were not intended uh, to be used for. Uh, so, uh, so again, I don't feel uncomfortable when my bank is watching me or when Walmart is watching me because they can't use that they can't use what i do uh, to to harm me if right. I'm doing something that's not hurting others, whereas the government There are so many laws can. that a person can't know what it is that they are supposed to do and they aren't supposed to do. The government has such a long and uh, spotted record as far as uh, protecting people's rights that I, you know, I, I, I find it, uh, you know, that they scare me. They scare me with their cameras. All right, gentlemen. Well, I just wanted to pick your brains about that tonight. What were your thoughts, Officer Liberty? Um... Personally, and this may be because I'm in the field, I think anything that we can do to drive crime down is great. Um, but at what cost? I, I just. But at, at what I, cost? I, just, I mean, what do the cameras cost to install? What do they cost to operate? Uh, that's, those are all factors. We've had stories recently. Just last night, uh, they took down some speeding cameras because it was uh, it just wasn't working out. There were other things where uh, in other stories around the the country and around the world where they've essentially said, "Oh my gosh, we just can't afford to do this anymore because well, government just blows at doing everything that it tries." Whereas. Uh, with Walmart and these other organizations, it's part of the cost of doing business, and they can easily cover the cost of having cameras. Well, actually, uh, this particular project that I'm talking about was funded entirely by, I don't know if I can say the name on the air, but a, uh, a rather large um, department store style kind of uh, um, a chain, if I can give it away. Uh, it you might shoot your pistol at one of these things. Um, uh, Target funded this project. Yeah. Entirely. They wrote the check for it. So, I mean, um, I guess if you take that out of the equation, but they're pretty good at reaching out to the community anyway, and that's what they claim that this was. I'm more concerned but, um, about the costs in terms of uh, what what liberties are being given up. And I have a hard time seeing what liberty is lost out on the street. I can see if this camera might be aimed at your driveway, but what do you lose walking down the street that a woman might gain by not being raped? Well, I see what you're saying. However, um, you, you do you can see the point um, that I'm saying is when you've got 1,500 uh, cameras all over town and budget constraints and uh, you know operating the, the operating expenses of the department, you know, say that there's one or two cops on that uh, that that bank of uh, cameras. You, you obviously can't watch all 1,500 at once, and then when you've got cameras everywhere, you're going to have people um, – I, I read a book, and it makes perfectly good sense to me – that once uh, the, the societal pressures come down on people, that you know cameras are being used to catch people doing all kinds of things, including drug crimes and stuff like that that don't hurt people, you're going to have big brim hat uh, fashion come back into place, um, come, mm-hmm. come into play. You're going to have people uh, putting like wads of cotton in their face to uh, throw off facial recognition software. So then you're saying, back to square one again. There's already IR uh, IR lights you can put on like ball caps and things. That'll that blind cameras. It blinds IR cameras, yep. which a lot of them are. So the criminals that are interested in continuing their crime spree will find ways around that and ways to deal with that, which is why I think that as far as if we're looking at costs and we're looking at effectiveness, I think that you'd be far more effective 
to have the and, and there have been police departments that have done things like this in areas. I think Orlando is one of them where uh, rapes were on the rise, and essentially the police department started to offer classes. Uh, they they started to, uh, to publicize in newspapers and on television that they were offering essentially rape defense classes where women could come in and they could learn uh, about pepper spray and they could learn about guns mm-hmm. and and the, you know, the, having a, a cop or some cops teach a class like that is something you could easily add to uh, a budget or have some of the cops like from Vice, you know, do something useful and actually teach people how to defend themselves. I think that would be far more useful because then, A, the message is getting out to the criminals through perhaps, you know, the grapevine or maybe they'll see it on the news that the cops are teaching women how to defend themselves. And that's going to probably dissuade some of them right there. Plus, once these ladies are actually in the streets and somebody actually does try to rape another woman who's carrying uh, some sort of weapon and she successfully defends herself, that's going to do a lot. Number one, might kill the guy right there and then take care of the rapist, uh, but it'll also do a lot, I think, to dissuade the others from uh, from trying, trying something. And I think there's been evidence for that in the past. So much, much more affordable way uh, and much more empowering way to help people keep themselves safe. Right. A couple of uh, rapists with bullets in their heads probably is going to um, you know, run the rapist off a heck of a lot better than uh, the cameras. And it's going to do it in a far more economically efficient fashion because the women who want to protect themselves will then be able to carry handguns. The idea that you have to send in your fingerprints and you have to be without a felony and you have to go through all these hoops, even in a state like yours where it's relatively easy... It's you can't just go out and buy a gun and protect yourself yeah. like you could with a uh, bottle of mace. Do you understand how that that gets in the way for people? I hate filling out government, um, you know, make work stuff. I looked at it in Florida and I just I, they gave me this whole packet full of crap and I was just like, screw this. I'll just keep the gun where I want to keep it. Thanks, Officer Liberty. Appreciate hearing from you. I think the, you right. know the difference is the cameras are kind of promoting the police state as a solution. And educating people and training them and allowing them to be free enough to carry weapons to defend themselves is a personal empowering solution. I will choose the latter every single time. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Live is your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you want to help support the show, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Again, amazon.freetalklive.com. Use new whatever. We'll get a cut. Amazon.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go to Dave calling from the People's Republic of Somewhere. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, good evening, guys. Hey. Uh, very ironic that you're talking about the Bart Cop because that's actually the motivation for my uh, call. Okay. I had some questions about amping, pledging, and serving, but... The reason I was calling was because this morning I noticed that there was an article about the uh, BART executioner. Um, He hired one of the best police uh, attorneys in the country today. And I'm thinking the way that he got the money for that was because of his brethren pledged a little bit of cash of their own to help him out. 
certainly a, a very real possibility. And you're saying you're speculating on that. You don't know for sure, but we do know that the thin blue line is what they the call themselves. It's what they call themselves. The thin blue line will close around their own. They protect their own. They do what it takes to keep their buddies safe because that's what they expect in return. If one of them is to get in trouble, they all come to their aid because that's what they would want if uh, if if they got in trouble themselves. So I think that's uh, it's a good speculation. I think you're probably spot on. Yeah, okay. Well, the, and that's the motivation for my call because I felt compelled to amp today. But first, I haven't heard your guys' pledge about your serving our president yet. So maybe <laughs> later in the show you could get around to tell me what uh, how you plan to uh, – Serve our presidente. I will. Do right I will now. do what it takes uh, every day. I will fight. Uh, f- <laughs> fight isn't the right term, but I will do what it takes every day to defend Barack Obama's right as a citizen when he returns to the real world. Um, his right as his liberties as a citizen. All right. Well, my my amping question is: uh, Last night, one of the guys was talking about. Well, I don't have a credit card, and I want to amp. How do I go about that? And you mentioned something, so I poked around on your website today. And I got an address on there, and I'm just really hoping, I probably should have asked you this before I did this, but I'm really hoping that uh, you could get a package from my local coin dealer at that address. Yeah, that's a private mailbox. That address address is a private mailbox. We can accept shipping from FedEx, UPS, Postal Service, whatever is necessary. As long as it's not alive. Cool. Well, we're good to go then. Great. Uh, as far as so far as pledging, cool, uh, pledging to Barack Obama, uh, I guess I'll pledge that I'll be as critical of him as I have of any other president or politician in the That's past. That's a good pledge. Yeah. Oh, can't you be a little more critical? Come on. Uh, well, uh, no. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I'm I equal Im- in my treatment of politicians. I can't imagine being like more critical than I was of the previous president. <laughs> I mean. All right, well, you guys have a good one. Talk to you later. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. By pledging to protect Obama's uh, rights and liberties as a citizen when he returns to citizenry, I'm basically saying I'll fight the state in every uh, way I can because (laughs) it's the state that infringes on people's rights and liberties. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. We go to Dennis in Texas. Dennis, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello. Dennis, what's on your mind? Hey, after the program, go to chick.com, like the baby chicken. Okay, why? Got that? Uh, I want you to read about uh, a former Jesuit Catholic priest by the name of Alberto Rivera. And I think you'll find it very interesting. Very well, can interesting. you tell me what that's all about? Well, he exposes the, uh, the intricacies of the Roman Catholic institution and uh, the Vatican and uh, all the homosexuality that goes on in the seminaries between the, as the young priests are being trained and the, uh, all the aborted fetuses they found under the monasteries in Europe, and uh, all the the uh, plan that the Vatican has to murder all the Christians eventually, and all the, the Jews. plan that the Vatican has to murder all the Christians. Yeah, just read it. Sounds but, crazy. You know, I can understand why a lot of people like you are, are atheists because of fake preachers like Joel Osteen and et cetera, et cetera. Most of those... That's not I why like I'm Osteen. atheist, but... <laughs> That's not why I'm atheist, but... Why okay. are you an atheist, Dale? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, it wasn't because of, uh, you know... Being losing, um, losing faith in a person or a priest who said something. It's you know I think it's 
For me, it's just logical Logic, consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Asking questions and not getting good answers, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, yeah, I at one yeah, time so. was an atheist for the same reasons. I've, Starts I've bec- that way. I've mm-hmm. become uh, a pantheist today, uh, but certainly have no interest in, in organized religion of any sort. I don't know about all your accusations. I mean, certainly uh, organized religions have been known for controlling others, but I don't know if, if there's any believability to the idea that the Catholic Church has any, int- any interest in exterminating uh, their competing religions out there. I mean, I'm not going to go to the website because I have better things to do with my time. Why don't you give us one or two points that you believe backs up your claim? Well, the Nazis uh, during World War II were, uh, Hitler himself was a hardcore Roman Catholic, Himmler and uh, Gables and all the, uh, all the Nazis. Uh, had high... That doesn't prove what you're saying, though. No, well, I mean, just... there's a lot to it. It's a six-part series. But uh, the, uh, the Vatican uh, covered up for the uh, Holocaust, for one thing. Yeah, well, so they, they did. They but... were behind it. But I don't know about now behind it and covering up are two entirely different things. I mean, that's a, a there's a stretch between that, you know. Well, one other a little point. Uh, it's not mentioned in that magazine or the uh, Alberto story, but there is a uh, you know you know about our former priest or our former pope uh, John Paul Karawatua was his name, the one that just died. I don't know. Didn't know him. Well, he yeah he was a touring an auto auto factory, and uh, I had talked to this this former priest Alberto in the, in the uh, website website there. He told me he was touring an auto factory before he became the Pope in uh, Krakow, Poland, and it was uh, some of the children in the church, the male children, was telling the parents that the Pope was, I mean, Carol Wachua, before he became the, the Pope, was molesting him. And uh, there was a bunch of auto workers in the uh, auto factory in Poland that heard he was coming, and they had a big uh, barrel of oil. And they planned an ambush on this guy. They had like 15 of them. They dipped their uh, rags in his uh, bucket of oil and he assaulted him, tried to beat him up with his wet rags. They called him a pervert and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's alleged that the second, uh, the, the Pope we have now is a pedophile, too. And it's, it well, we know to... that there, the Catholic Church has had a real problem with uh, pedophile priests. Pe- pedophilia. And I think that uh, mostly that's due to the, their um, their vow of celibacy that they require yeah. the priest to have. It's a thousand-year-old we... rule. It's not 2,000, as old as Jesus is. 1,000-year-old rule that basically the idea was to keep uh, priests from passing down their little um, parishes to their sons and that kind of thing. So they didn't want competition. The kings didn't want competition, so they um, got Rome to uh, go with that rule. And I think that the uh, the celibacy rule makes a man burn with passion, as the Bible says. And, and uh, it, I think it draws to it people who have proclivities that they would like to shove under the rug, and then what happens is, well, you know, they, they find themselves in a position of power where they can actually exercise Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I don't... Um, you have to, you know, if, you're, if you already have the church condemning homosexuality so intensely, and you have people feeling horribly guilty about homosexuality, and you have this one outlet where if you go into it, you're not expected to uh, to perform in a sexual manner, and you're, you're supposed to be um, a celibate, that's, you know, who's going to migrate into that, you know? So yeah, well, I think I, I you, attract, you attract homosexuals into that position when you do, when you have those sorts of, uh, when you have that sort of ideology. Well, no, we're, just, the, we're not just talking about homosexuals, we're talking about pedophilia. Well, I, mean, I think, it, no, but I think that's, that's where, they, I think these are people who might have been healthy, normal homosexuals had they not been, you know, they're, they're the only outlet that they find, you know, and that forces them into the pedophi- a weird outlet. When I say so. pedophile, I mean males and females. I sure. Mean, there, there have been accusations sure. on both sides, and I think that any time you have a profession, Mm-hmm. where somebody can, is working with kids, whether it's being a priest or whether it's being a teacher or whether it's you know uh, a cop or something like that, whenever they're working with kids, 
that's going to attract that element. And I, I, and I, I think agree. Sex, I think... I, I think, think the restrictive that, uh, factor is also another factor. I think you're right about that. Yeah, well, you know, sorry, I should be careful what I say. I'm not implying that because they're homosexual, they're more likely to molest little boys or whatever. What I'm saying is they weren't allowed to develop a healthy sexuality. Got it. You know, so. But I have to say, uh, caller, you have not convinced me in any way, shape, or form that the Catholic Church is out to exterminate their competing religions. You haven't well, w- made one salient point there. Well, can I say one other thing yep. about the Pentecostal charismatic religion? Okay. That's a, that's a huge religion that's spreading across the world in every country. Uh, the, I was doing some, uh, some research at the Amarillo Library in Amarillo, Texas in 1981. I came across an old book. Uh, it was printed in 1910, uh, The History of the Pentecostalism in America. That's where it actually originated. And it turned out it originated in Topeka, Kansas in 1901 under the teachings of a Charles Fox Parham. And this Parham was the guy that the... Uh, Claim to speak in tongues for the first time and uh, had the signs and of healing and uh, all the miracles and everything else. Well, he, uh, as the same night that he claimed this outpouring, uh, Pentecostal outpouring, he was arrested by a foot patrolman in Topeka that night having sodomy with a ten-year-old boy. So this is where the religion of Osteen and all the Pentecostal charismatic uh, faith healers comes from. It comes from a, a pervert, really. You know, <laughs> Thanks for the call. Hour two's coming up. You take control. Bring up what you want. Talk about a man obsessed with uh, religion. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into Hour 2 of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, you can bring up anything. We go to your phone calls. We'll start with Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you are on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, I was just uh, talking, uh, you know, you guys were talking about the pepper spray and stuff like that. I'd get online and Google. I'm not going to give out any specific vendors or nothing, but uh, Google bear spray. It's got twice the repellent or probably ten times the repellent performance and probably, uh, you know, ten times the shooting. You could hit someone across the street with a can of that stuff. Are you uh, at risk, though, of hurting yourself? I mean, if you're in a close encounter situation and you pull out bear spray to uh, to zap the racist in the face, or not racist, but rapist, rather, uh, in the face with it. He could be a racist rapist. I mean, if that blows back in your face, Mm -hmm. if that's, you know, the wind is blowing or something like that, that could, wouldn't that be a problem? Well, I guess uh, you you take that risk with regardless of the kind you use, don't you? It's a good well, point, Jeremy. Wind, wind doesn't blow bullets into your face, though. Hey. <laughs> good point. So, so, Jeremy, don't you think it's suspicious that Ian got out of jail so quickly? What? Uh, yeah, I was. I, I was real, you know, but uh, <laughs> I, he never did want to share that with me. I figured, you know, that's his person. Wait, wait, where did this come from? This just came out of left field. What do you... Well, what was the point of you bringing that up, Mark? I, I think it's funny when he says uh, that that it's suspicious, and I, I just want to get him to talk about it again. Oh, I see. You're trying to get him to me. rehash an old call, because <laughs> I felt like we'd been over that before. 
<laughs> what, was, what was his theory about why? Why Ian? Well, it, it's it's clear the, the obvious uh, the obvious assumption, and I, I like I like the idea of Ian being called a snitch is that he must have told on somebody in order to get out. Oh, That's why I think it's. Uh, it sounds like Jeremy's being abducted. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred fuel some conspiracy theories. Yeah, it just abuses me. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue here with Jeremiah in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremiah. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to do some more follow-up on the pepper spray and guns. I mean, yes, I, I'm a fan of uh, concealed carry over pepper spray. I mean, I'm heading out tonight, and mine's in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but I live in Indiana. I've applied for my lifetime permit. I'd like to, I've thought about moving to states like Michigan and Vermont, where you can open carry legally all the time. Um, and New Hampshire. And New Hampshire, yes. New Hampshire, yeah. I, it's, it's on the mind more and more. Now, what do, but, what do you but, like about open carry over concealed carry? Because I, I have a no problem permit. with open carry um, in that you know if if you if if a bank robber happens to walk into a bank and uh, he's going to rob the place, that's what bank robbers do after all, uh, and you know he sees that gun on your hip, the first person he's going to shoot is you. So or the security guard. I, open carry presents different risks to concealed but, carry. I prefer concealed carry. For that reason, for the fact that you don't get those sheep people freaking out about seeing a gun all the time, but at the same time, you don't have the permitting process, you don't have any of that with open carry in most states. That's a little bit you're paranoid, a legal citizen, though. You just do it. It's a little bit paranoid worrying about uh, being shot, being the first person shot when you're carrying a gun. I mean, it's so rare that they actually want to shoot someone. I mean, they really right. don't bank want robbers to. Aren't they'll murderers. probably come. They'll probably they don't want to have a shootout either. They don't want to risk their own life as much as possible. They'll probably come back later. I think you're right about that. Um, most people, most common criminals are not cold-blooded killers. I mean, if put no. in, if backed into a corner, they may indeed shoot. But the average person who's robbing a bank or you know holding up a a liquor store, even though they may have a gun in their hand, they don't actually want to use it. I mean, some of them are crazy, and they will, but yeah. I, for the yeah, most it, part... Honestly, it happens, but yeah. it, it's They're not using most the of the time. They're just cool. using it to intimidate. So yep. so what but other the, thoughts the, did you have for us? The point I wanted to make is that you got to be careful in places like Michigan. My permit's valid in Indiana. I can get a concealed carry permit in Indiana that Michigan will recognize. Mm-hmm. I believe I can open carry legally in Michigan, but Michigan has laws against pepper spray and collapsible asps or batons or striking weapons for really? a standard civilian. Yeah. yeah. I can carry a gun, but I can't carry pepper spray. That's crazy. Well, it's not crazy. Well, I mean, you know, they're all crazy. Every state has them. In uh, New Hampshire, it's illegal to ha- to own a pair of brack or to have a pair of brass knuckles unless you're hunting. <laughs> now, if so you're you hunting, can beat the deer to death. <laughs> right, you can po- yeah. pop that deer right in the jaw and knock him slap out. I mean, what kind of sense does that make? Wow. It is it is illegal in New Hampshire to have a double-bladed uh, knife, a stiletto. Uh-huh. However, you can open carry. Right. Yeah. I mean, so what does any of none of this stuff makes any sense? The other thing about the brass knuckles is you can't actually. I mean, you can only have them while you're hunting, which means there's no way to get them to <laughs> the place where you're hunting because unless you you'd have to just leave them out in the woods yeah. because you can't carry them to the place. Where you're I hunting. don't know the specifics on that. I wouldn't uh, go that far. I don't have a pair of brass knuckles, and I haven't uh, looked up these laws. Hey, uh, Jeremiah, think. Yes, sir. Well, you guys push the the pepper spray, which I mean, I like. I like the idea of keeping stuff in people's hands to help prevent them being victims. But that stuff people need to research in their area, whether or not it's legal for them to have it. And the other thing is, you guys mentioned with that bear spray a little while ago, um, 
exposure. If you're going to carry pepper spray, that's one of those things you want to go through a mild exposure class. So if you get in a close situation, you spray it on them and some gets in you, you know how to react. Yeah. That's a good point. I uh, I wasn't necessarily recommending pepper spray over a firearm, but I do know that when we were talking earlier about ladies who are we we're talking about rapists and how yeah. people could defend themselves, I suggested pepper spray as an option simply because some people are just that uncomfortable with a firearm. So well, there are other alternatives. I, I just like the fact that you guys are willing to, you know, suggest to people to take precautions and steps to well, protect Well, yeah, you've got to take your safety in your own hands. You can't expect the police to be there to keep you safe. And Oz, it, they won't. It's, it's your duty. As, as far as I'm concerned, I see it as a duty as, um, as a citizen. If if you can cut down on crime, and the fact is there's only there's a small population that commits crimes over and over again. If you can take those people off the street, um, then you're doing Problem something solved. for your neighbor. Yeah. Um, and so... I, that's what you. That's armed citizenry is significantly better at that than uh, the police are. I think there's also just the the deterrent of knowing that more people are armed. Yes, I mean, sure. That, I mean, I, I would think that, that that seems to. I think that's significant. Is that you know if you look at places that have really really loose gun control laws, then uh, there tends to be lower crime, and I think that that's because um, criminals know that it's not safe. <laughs> they don't they don't know who's going to be armed or who isn't. So. No doubt about it. Thank exactly. you for the call tonight, Jeremiah. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Jay, listening in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Jay. Hey, what's up, man? What's How you doing? tonight, Jay? Hey, uh, you were talking a little while ago about video cameras and the Internet, so I'm going to change the subject. Okay, Back sure. to that, if you don't mind. By all means. Um, video cameras, uh, I think, I believe uh, there's going to be a problem with the Internet. I think they're going to need to control it because... Uh, it's the last vestige of a uh, free media, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of things on the internet that make you really wonder, you know. Well, certainly there are people out there who would love to control the internet. I mean, we read a story a few weeks ago about one of the British government guys over there in the UK who was proposing essentially a ratings system for all internet websites. He was also proposing banning certain websites. We know Australia has uh, created an internet filtering uh, mandate, essentially, that everybody has to have their internet filtered. We know certainly China has been doing that for a while. Yeah, um, right. So there's precedent for it out there amongst the uh, the governments of the world to control the content on the internet, and I think that you're absolutely right. People will be pushing for that, uh, and it's up to us and those who are in the uh, the internet community to do everything we can to not allow it to happen. And I, tr- I trust that the, uh, the techies out there will stand for because the, the Internet has come under fire a number of times in the past here in this country, and it has not been an easy task for the government to regulate it Plus at all. Plus the fact that uh, the people uh, – it, it seems that the people on the Internet that have the most power, the techie sorts, the hacker sorts, the um, those kind of people are very interested in the, the freedom of the Internet. And they'll go on the offensive. Um, I hope that, so. And I don't know what that offensive also, uh, always means, but it seems like they can bring down sites and stop things. The Internet is very decentralized, which uh, allows – Allows you know information to be get rerouted and yeah. that kind of thing. Well, I've had experience. I've had a, uh, experience with them messing with uh, search engines on on political issues, sites that have political issues on them mm-hmm. already. So I have the feeling that. Well, there is you know, some bad news have... out there. In fact, we'll talk about censorship here in a moment. I thank you for the call. Uh, there's some story. There's a story from uh, Terry over at CheckpointUSA.org about how YouTube allegedly censored some of his videos. We'll get to that here in moments. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. 
That's why we call the show Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Uh, by the way, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the lady listeners who have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Totally free. That, again, is shrine.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your email be more secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's both private and confidential, and it's guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure, you can go over there today and get a free account, PrivacyHarbor.com. 800-259-9231. We were talking about censorship, and I'll get into the YouTube story here in a moment from CheckpointUSA.org, but we continue with your phone calls first. David in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Evening. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I kind of want to discuss the open carry issue. Okay. Okay. Sure. I think the more visible firearms we have, the safer a society will be, based on the fact that the majority of people do not steal, uh, do not rob people, do not beat people up, and those people, I feel, uh, need to take the responsibility for protecting themselves and showing the criminal element of the community what the deal is. But I've had this discussion with a few people. How do you feel about open carrying long guns, like rifles? Seems uncomfortable. <laughs> do you mean uh, walking yeah, down Main Street in, with one in your hand, or do you mean like strapped to your back like you're uh, some kind of an adventure hero? <laughs> sure, like you're an adventure hero. <laughs> um, I, I think that that's uncomfortable and impractical. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the idea. I mean, I it's going to get you some attention. Put a two-handed battle axe back there, too, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wear some chain mail while, while you're at but it. I think the, the pistol itself is kind of impractical and really isn't the best self-defense weapon out there. I mean, I can shoot a rifle way more accurate than a pistol and a lot quicker, too. I can draw, I, I can draw, I can draw a pistol a heck of a lot faster than you can draw your rifle. Not if I got it slung in front of me. But, well, that's even more impractical, walking around like that. Yeah, but you can get an AR-15 that weighs five pounds. So I'm just saying as far... I mean, wh- where do you draw the line? It may be scarier looking, but... Oh, I don't draw any line. If you want to walk around toting uh, you know, your, uh, HK, your HK, uh, you're certainly welcome to do so, as long as you're right. not threatening anyone and with it. And it's not uncommon. I mean, I know that uh, you know the, the radio talk show host here in this town says that he used to you, he used to walk through town with, their, with his hunting rifle, um, just walk through town, because mm. they were going to go out and shoot squirrels or whatever. And um, my next-door neighbor, who's 70 or so, he says that he used to bring his rifle to school, because he had to walk to school, and on the way to school, you might as well shoot well, a lot of critters. people say that. I mean, that was a long time ago. People don't it, really it do is. that anymore. Well, they, they may not do it from a practicality standpoint, yeah. but you can see that society can function with people oh, carrying yeah. long weapons or anything. They can carry weapons, and you know, there they weren't school shootings or anything like that. I think it'd be an interesting uh, kind of a protest. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily engage in it myself, no. but if somebody <laughs> wanted to go downtown and walk down the uh, Main Street with a with an AK-47 strapped to their back, it would certainly be an attention-getter. There's no doubt you about that. You have to 
check your local laws because here in, in my municipality, it's illegal. To... You mean open carry is illegal, or, or you'd open have to carrying... move from your local municipality to New Hampshire where it isn't? But you, well, hold on. <laughs> Point of clarification: Is open carrying just long guns illegal, or open carry illegal? Period. Where you are. You can't bring a long gun out on the street. You can I just see. put it in your trunk, and you got to have a trigger lock. It's ridiculous. But you New can open carry a, pis- a pistol? No, it's New York State. They want everything hidden away. They don't That's want what I figured. I didn't think New York yeah. would allow open carry at all. They're one of the biggest uh, police states, the biggest states out there. and uh, they, yep. they, they call yep. it the Empire State for a reason, as far as I'm concerned. I completely agree. Y'all have a good night. Thanks, David. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. So here is the story uh, about YouTube from CheckpointUSA.org. We've talked about Checkpoint USA um, fairly often in the past, I think. Uh, Terry is the guy that runs the website, and he lives down around the southern border and what lives and works around the uh, the southern border, I think, of the Arizona region. And he has been uh, kind of made a little name for himself uh, in the blogosphere by putting up videos of his encounters at the random security border checkpoints that they have. And I don't mean at the border, excuse me, random checkpoints that they have north of the border. Roving. Some of them rove. Some of them are not random. Some of them are actually permanent installations. But the ones that he tends to uh, encounter tend to be semi-permanent in that they'll exist at the same place for a long period of time and they could move them elsewhere. So he records these government bureaucrats asking, demanding questions like, what is your citizenship, or are you a U.S. citizen? And Terry has an interesting uh, approach on these videos. He doesn't answer, and he instead answers with questions. He So when they ask him, are you a U.S. citizen, he asks them, am I under arrest? Am I free to go? Am I being detained? Am I being detained? And they'll keep asking him. I mean, it's like the battle of questions, because they'll just keep batting back their question of, are you a U.S. citizen? I need to ask you, are you a U.S. citizen? Am I being detained? Am I free to go? And so they just keep going back and forth, and eventually they end up letting him go without him ever, an- without him ever answering the question as they are demanding of him. And so he'd been posting these videos on his YouTube channel for a while. And now he uh, puts this blog post up a few days ago. In mid-December, it came to my attention that YouTube had removed several videos from my channel, highlighting a few of my encounters at internal suspicionless homeland security checkpoints. This was done without notice or even an explanation. Nor did it result in any of the formal warnings or strikes on an account that normally accompany such an action. A review of YouTube's posting policy showed I was not in violation of the site's terms of use, but I did find a link to the following reference that shed some light on what happens, or what happened, rather. And the question from their policy is, how do we implement YouTube's content policies? In some cases, a video may be removed for the safety and privacy of the user who posted the video or due to a third-party privacy complaint. So Terry says, given that several Tucson sector border patrol agents have been in an uproar regarding these videos over the last year, I can only assume that YouTube invoked the above clause to remove the offending videos due to pressure from border patrol agents who think they have a right to to anonymity while operating within the public sphere in their capacity as public servants. Yeah, YouTube... Not so good when it comes to uh, protecting the individual's that rights. That stinks. This is the first news I've heard about YouTube really cracking down on uh, b- b- people's videos because of because government bureaucrats complained. 
mean, YouTube has been such a useful tool to get the video of governmental abuse, videos of governmental abuse out there so people can see them, but now they're bowing down. It's fine. They'll, uh, there's bound to be another competing services, service out there. Oh, there the are a lot of them. And uh, thank goodness for them, and see you later, YouTube. Bye. Yes, uh, Terry has been reposting. YouTube will be, you, YouTube will be just fine for putting uh, pictures of your uh, kid in the yeah. bathtub on or whatever. Uh, probably not a great idea, but your, your kid playing <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Uh, not so great for... Uh, so, you know, civil activism. He has switched over, by the way, to the website LiveLeak. Uh, so LiveLeak is now hosting his uh, censored videos. And so he dug a little bit. He said, indeed, an open records request that I made last year to a state entity regarding several Border Patrol complaints against me resulted in the disclosure of the following handwritten note from Jan- uh, January 8th of 2008 saying the, the following, YouTube investigating because of safety. YouTube will investigate complaint. So he knows for a fact that these government bureaucrats contacted YouTube and said, Hey, he videotaped me without my permission. You need to take that down from your site. And YouTube did it. Shame on them. 800-259-9231. More coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. By the way, uh, Dale had to take off, had a hot date or something like that that he had to go on. So uh, so it's just you and I, Mark, at this point. And, just you and I. And your calls, of course, at 800-259-9231. That is the point of the program. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got live streams, broadband version, dial-up, and a webcam version of the show, all free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And we're talking about Internet censorship. Now, it's not really censorship, I guess, if it's uh, if it's not the government doing it. Well, it's censorship, but but it's not the same level of, uh, you know, problem. Yeah, it's it's certainly an unreasonable level of restriction to uh, on content. We're talking about YouTube apparently has been censoring certain videos at the request of government agents. And Terry over at CheckpointUSA.org is, uh, is outing these guys. And he has, uh, has found, I think, considerable proof that this is exactly what has gone on. He found out that uh, a handful of his videos that he had taken of Border Patrol agents harassing him on the side of the road in uh, the southern, uh, southern area of this country. He had posted those and they disappeared from his account. He was not notified of their removal. He was not given any warning. He was not given any explanation. They just disappeared. So in his, uh, as he was looking into this, he discovered that in an open records request that he made to the state about the Border Patrol uh, in, incidents that he'd had with them, he found a handwritten note that said that YouTube would be investigating complaints. So essentially what happened was these Border Patrol agents snitched out to or they went to YouTube and they said, hey, 
I was in this video and I didn't consent. Uh, please remove this. And YouTube went and removed it, even though it's obvious they're government agents. And they did, con- and they were being filmed openly. And that those should be completely; those are completely legal videos. Nobody's rights were violated. Right. In to the me, one of the of greatest videos. things about YouTube is that you can put up abuses like this. And so far, we've been able to get quite a few videos out of it. Yes. And now there's yeah. Uh, and now we find out a, a year later that they're they're in fact spineless uh, slugs. It's a shame. Uh, Terry goes on. He says the note was associated with additional demands from Border Patrol agents that my website and blog be shut down for daring to criticize internal Border Patrol enforcement operations while highlighting my personal experiences at the hands of these agents. Given that the YouTube community ratings on these three videos removed averaged 4.5 on a scale of 5, it's pretty clear that YouTube's decision to remove the videos was the result of pressure from Homeland Security agents and or the department itself. Before continuing, I'd like to acknowledge the fact that ultimately YouTube is the property of a non-government entity and as such has a right to set whatever posting policies it chooses. I'm also appreciative of the opportunity YouTube has provided me and many others over the years to tell our stories to a large online audience. With just about 50,000 channel views and nearly 500,000 video views in the past year, my YouTube videos of federal agents seizing individuals absent suspicion at Homeland Security checkpoints away from the border have informed, concerned, motivated, and discussed disgusted countless individuals, many of whom didn't even realize the federal government was conducting such operations against the American people so far away from the country's international borders. Indeed, I think Terry has done an amazing job. He informed us. Yep. uh, Terry has done an incredible job of keeping people uh, or making people aware of what is going on with these roving checkpoints. He says, with that said, however, it should concern all of us when private or corporate entities are pressured into censoring online content by government actors, especially when such content is perfectly legal and protected by the First Amendment from government intrusion. While some have claimed these videos violate the agent's, uh, the agent's right to privacy, such criticism is absurd. If the agents wanted privacy, they shouldn't have become public servants. Exactly. Now, I, as far as I'm concerned, in their private life, that's fine. But when they're working, they're a public servant, and a public servant on public property doing the public's work, supposedly, needs to be prepared to be uh, uh, videotaped by the public, his employers. Absolutely. Or hers. Public officials, says Terry, operating on the public's dime in the public sphere have no expectation of privacy in either their words or their deeds. Indeed, it's only by shining the light of day on abusive and aggressive enforcement actions or uh, activities directed against the public absent suspicion that we can ever hope to realize, redress, and ultimately change. We're constantly told by government officials that we as individuals have no expectation of privacy while we're in public, that if we have nothing to hide, then we have nothing to fear. This reasoning, however, works both ways and applies equally to powerful government officials operating in the public sphere as it does to the rest of us. Claiming otherwise is the height of hypocrisy. Yet this same government that ultimately only exists through the consent of the people appears to abhor transparency and constantly seeks to deny the public information regarding the conduct of its agents. Remember earlier we talked about how the BART cops went around trying to confiscate people's cell phones from them uh, after a man was shot by a cop in public? These guys will do anything they can to shut down free speech. And well, that whatever they can get away with. For- shame. Fortunately, says Terry, with the advent of the Internet, the monopoly big business and big government have used, to, or rather used to have, over the distribution and interpretation of news, has shifted ever so slightly away from the controlling hand of self-anointed gatekeepers and toward the freedom of speech, press, assembly, and redress actually envisioned by the founders. 
After discovering that YouTube removed several of my videos in December, I distributed them to several other sites to compensate for the intrusion. One of these sites, LiveLeak, has has the added feature of allowing viewers to download the media to their local computer to further distribute as they see fit. With that said, the three videos originally removed by YouTube appear below, and this is his website again, his blog, CheckpointUSA.org. So if you'd like to see which videos were censored by YouTube, uh, take a look at Terry's most recent post there. He says that uh, along with brief descriptions and the YouTube statistics that were associated with them before they were removed... Uh, at the demand of Homeland Security agents. Homeland Security agents who have no problem with seizing and detaining individuals without cause inside the country, but seek to hide their actions from the very public that they claim to be protecting. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. It's, uh, it's pretty upsetting to me as somebody who is a YouTube user, somebody who uh, until this particular blog post was... I mean, I I was kind of a fan of YouTube. I think it's a very useful phenomenon. I think YouTube is an amazing resource. I mean, if you go to YouTube and you type in, just, I mean, as an example of the the vastness of this service, you type in like an old TV commercial that you might have seen when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Odds are good, it's there. You type in an old television show that you might have seen a decade and a half ago. It's pop, probably there. I mean, unless somebody has used the uh, the DMCA Act or whatever it is, the copyright laws, to force YouTube essentially to take those things down, they don't check the videos that people put up. They have no way of knowing what it is you're uploading to their service unless somebody hits a flag and says, "Hey, this is illegal." So I remember I was looking for uh, I was looking for this old television show that I enjoyed as a kid. And it's one of those things where you like something as a kid, you wonder if you would like it again as an adult because you obviously have different perspective. And it was an old Wes Craven TV show called Nightmare Cafe. It came out in the early 1990s. And I remember looking um, a few years back, maybe the beginning of the decade, looking for this show on the Internet to see if it was out there, to see if it was being run in syndication or something like that, because I hadn't seen it in a decade. I was wondering what it would be like. And back eight or nine years ago, there was no trace of this show on the Internet, you know, with the occasional, with the exception of the occasional fan post somewhere. Right. There was virtually no trace, though, because it was a relatively uh, unpopular show and didn't really get any traction. only lasted for like six episodes, and they took it off the air. Uh, but now... Somebody put it up on YouTube. Somebody had their old VHS tapes that they recorded this show on, and they dubbed their VHS tapes to YouTube, and you can find every single episode of this this old show that nobody wants anymore just sitting up there on YouTube for people to watch. You can find anything there. I, I've uh, enjoyed going to see the old Warner Brothers cartoons that I used to um, used to like there. Mm-hmm. That, that that tickles me to to be able to get those. You, I mean, uh, type in a song you want to hear. You'll find a video of that song. Maybe, maybe an actual produced video. Maybe a live performance video. So much is there. So I still like YouTube, and I still want it to be a good website. But after this news, it makes me feel like uh, shutting down my channel and and taking it somewhere else. I mean, we've got the Free Keen channel, obviously, FreeKeen.com. But we've been growing in subscribers, so do I want to throw all of that away just to make a protest? I'm I'm ambivalent about it. I'm not sure what to do. Isn't that what ambivalent means? Yes. Okay. Ambivalent means of two minds. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. We'd love your thoughts on this or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on as many radio stations as possible, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping spread the message of freedom as far and as wide as possible. You get perks, too, if you're an amplifier, like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. That, again, amp dot freetalklive dot com and Mark, I know you wanted to talk something, uh, some shop talk here tonight about uh, Clear Channel and firing a bunch of people. I want to get to that story because we actually have some good news from one of our Clear Channel stations that I'd like to uh, to announce tonight. I think some of our listeners would be pretty excited about it. Uh, but first, we continue with your phone calls. Grant is on the line in Maryland. Hello, Grant. Grant, Hello. you are on the air. Hi. Uh, I don't mean to change the subject or anything. It's free but, talk uh, live. You can bring up anything. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I've been listening to your show for a few weeks, and uh, beforehand, I, I'd never even heard of fiat currency, so the past few weeks I've been looking into it, and uh, it just gets more and more absurd. It, uh, it, they just print it out of thin air. That's I mean, uh, pretty much the definition of fiat. Not only is it printed out from thin air, but it's also mandated. Uh, it's, a, it's usually a legal tender as well, which means that everyone must accept it by the threat of violence. If you do not accept the Federal Reserve note for payment of debt, then you are violating the uh, the federal government's laws. So Yeah, it doesn't happen much. I mean, I, I'll take I'll take all the little greenbacks you want to give me. However, they are robbing the crap out of uh, people's um, wealth in uh, the, the form of uh, saved money and that kind of thing. It's pretty outrageous, isn't it, Grant? Yeah, it is. But uh, <clears throat> here's my question is, uh, given that the economy is, uh, I guess, if you want to call it already infected with fiat currency, how would you go about uh, switching it back to a gold-based currency? I think that it first sh- step would be to legalize uh, the use of competing currencies um, to allow the you know to allow that to happen. Well, and it's then, legal. You can use a competing currency. No, today. you can't. Look at what happened to the Liberty Dollar. Well, that's true. I mean, what? I mean, they how, raid legal, the how legal is it if uh, the federal government well, I, comes in and raids know, the crap out of a place and steals all their their uh, gold and silver and copper and platinum? What exactly is the uh, Liberty Dollar? Well, the Liberty Dollar, it still exists today. Uh, it's an alternative currency that is based in silver, and there are some gold ones and platinum ones as well, but it's mostly a silver currency that essentially exists for the most part, as an educational tool um, to help people understand these things and, and bring them to the idea that value-backed currency is a, a good concept and that need, we need to have that in this country. Uh, LibertyDollar.org, I believe, is uh, is their website. And you can certainly learn more about it there. But it's a, it's a really neat, and it's a, it's a pretty um, piece. You get these ounce-sized silver pieces. It's a beautiful, beautiful it's thing. It's a very nice product. And in fact, at one time, they had uh, certificates, and I've got a stack of them uh, that, I, that I own that unfortunately are not backed by anything now because when they were raided, they went in, the government, the federal government went in and stole all of their silver from their vault. Essentially, they had a, uh, they had a mint that was storing their silver for them. They went in with their guns and they stole it all. So the certificates were worth silver and now they're not anymore. And in fact, the Liberty Dollar is, is in the process of filing a lawsuit with the federal government 
or in the middle of a lawsuit with the federal government to attempt to get their silver back. So we're not sure how all that's going to play out. But basically what happened was the Liberty Dollar had been so successful. They started back in 1998. They had been so successful that the feds finally targeted them to take them out. Now, they didn't shut them down completely, but, man, it was a big, big hit that they took. It, I will agree that it's not an easy thing to do to uh, switch from a, a you know a fiat currency to a gold-backed currency, but it has been done before in the history of this country, and so I suppose it could be done again if the government were to do it. But uh, you know I don't think the government's the government is has shown itself to be a a poor husband of um, the monetary system and should in my opinion get out of it entirely. I agree. I think that the the best way to shift would be to have the marketplace begin providing those currencies yeah. um, because you know the fact is the government isn't going to shift back. They have no incentive. Because to end the fiat currency would be to end the party in Washington, D.C. I mean, right now, the fiat currency, the fact that they can just print money out of thin air, essentially, allows them to fund wars. It allows them to do bailouts. It allows them to do so many of the things that they that we take for granted today that as governments are supposedly supposed to do. That was what they would have you believe. But the reality is, if, they, if we actually had a gold-backed system or a silver-backed system, value-backed in some way, then the federal government would have no way of raising money for a war. Uh, if you decided that you didn't want to pay for their war and you withheld your gold and silver, they would not be able to buy another tank. They would not be able to send another plane overseas. And so it's the fiat system that allows them to extract wealth from people and go and do what they want with it. And they have no reason whatsoever to end that. So it's going to end when the dollar crashes and burns. And uh, hopefully by that time, we'll already have some of these alternatives up and running so people can transition over. But it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. So it's right. I think that's. I think it's imperative for people to work on what you're talking about, uh, but that. But in order to create alternative currencies, means that somebody's got to put some real serious assets on the line and take some big risks. And yeah, there's been you know a lot of people have had uh, a lot of bad things happen to them. Uh, e gold, they came after e gold, and they went after uh, Liberty Dollar, and they sort of went after PayPal, and you know it's, mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you get into business to make money, and then they come after you and chop your legs out. That's that's tough stuff. Any thoughts, Grant? Oh uh, yeah, I completely agree with you guys are saying. I, I, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. We talked to Paula in Florida. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Yeah, hi. Um, I wanted to let y'all know my husband had to go in the hospital uh, yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, he got an overload of MSG. And this talk, now, what's he doing now? Wait a minute. Now hey, you've called before about this. In fact, you called yeah. last night. But well, anyway, you've, you've called before about that, the MSG thing, Paula. And uh-huh. I'm just curious, how did he get an overload of MSG? Isn't he okay, aware of not, it? We, uh, we tried not to get the bread. Anyway, I I had bread. one bread or two breads that had like mono calcium, and I found it's the same thing. But anyway, no, uh, when I don't you get think overdose, so. Hush, when you get an overdose, <laughs> I'm trying to say something. Yes, ma'am, yeah, go when ahead. When you get an overdose, I talked to Dr. Martini, okay? She said this causes severe cardiac problems. And so anyway, we took him to the hospital. We let the doctors know and uh, they gave him detox. But anyway, the thing is, I found out that the doctors there at the hospital aren't even giving them the things to keep them like you need magnesium every day for your heart and muscles, you know, of your body. And they're not giving them anything, no nutrients or anything. Well, yeah, generally, um, you, you, you've got the AMA type doctors, and they don't really work from the aspect of nutrition. There's, they may take one class in their entire pre-med uh, yeah, lineup. Wait, wait. That's not what their thing is, you know. I called the VA, and then I called representatives in Washington about this, and I told them, I said, you know what they told me? They said, sue them. 
But anyway, uh, the thing is, I said, you need to get on to them about this. So I called uh, Department of VA about this, and I said, look, you need to do uh, do right by our veterans. And I said, you need to make sure that they get, you know, proper nutrients. And I said, especially with a heart condition, I said, you need, you have to have magnesium every day. So you're saying that your husband when, ate some When's he bread? getting out of the hospital? Huh? When's he getting out of the hospital? He's he's still in. When's he getting out? Oh, uh, we don't know yet. Hmm. But anyway, uh, so, they, they have to. He had one blockage, and so uh, they're going to go and do that rotor rotor treatment and clean it out. So but you're anyway. so, hold on a second. Let's see if I understand your, what you're saying here. You're saying your husband ate some bread, and it had a MSG it. in it. A lot of it. He ate a lot of bread or a lot of MSG yeah. in the, he, in the he bread. He ate a lot, a lot of sandwich, but it had the MSG in it. He, and so I called and it was just bread. Huh. All he was eating was bread that had no, MSG. No, he, he was eating sandwiches. But I mean, the thing was, he was eating more than what he usually does. And the thing is, hmm. Dr. Martinez, it doesn't take much, this MSG. To well, totally the people that are allergic up. to MSG, you're absolutely right, from what I understand. Not allergic. It is highly poisonous. No, yeah, I don't know about that. You talk to Dr. Martini about it. Well, I, I, I don't have time for okay. that, and I don't know who Dr. Martini well, is. But, uh, I bet uh, Lindsey Williams just talked to him, and he said this should have been outlawed a long time ago. Well, now, wait a minute, Paula. I don't know if that's necessarily the solution. I mean, then we're going to have black market MSG, and that could be really dangerous. No, uh-uh. You don't the think? Thing is, uh, the thing is, I just filed several <laughs> charges. FDA. Well, good luck, Paula. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, as always. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, a lot of people eat MSG. A lot of people. You like snack chips? Like Doritos? Any old sort of snack chippy things, snacky snack things? They all have MSG in it. Go ahead, check it out. Take your favorite snack product, look at the ingredients list, and find monosodium glutamate. I guarantee you, unless you're looking at some sort of organic snack of some some sort like that. or mm, The tasteless maybe, ones. Yeah, pretty, right. <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm, mm, tofu. <laughs> so, yeah, they add MSG to these snack chips in order to make them uh, tasty and addictive. I mean, the fact is, it does make things appear to taste better, seem to taste better, and uh, makes you want more. You, know, you can't eat just one. You might have heard that slogan in the 1990s. 800-259-9231. So the fact is, millions of Americans are consuming MSG on a regular basis. And if it was doing the things that Paula suggested it was, we'd have a, a severe health problem in this country with people dying from MSG. But they, they're not. I mean, some people are getting hurt by it. Some people have allergies to it. They're very serious, as I understand it. So it could be dangerous to you. Free Talk Live. More coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Ooh, excuse me, freetalklive.com. So lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us. Now, Mark, something you had wanted to discuss was a little uh, industry chit-chat here, a little behind-the-scenes radio biz uh, discussion. And well, it's about the economy at the same time. Yeah. 
Well, this is from uh, Taylor on the radio, which is an industry email that I get daily, and you get it too. You mm-hmm. actually turned me on to it. And it's a very good little bit that this guy does, and I don't know how he makes any money. Um, he's got a couple of advertisers in here. He must just do it for the love of talking about radio business. But um, it, on, on the inauguration day, January the 20th, Clear Channel decided to use the cover of a great deal of news to mm-hmm. do a bunch of layoffs. A whole bunch of layoffs. I think it was 9% of all of their staff across their entire company. Clear Channel's a big company, in case you don't know. Uh, they're the largest holder of radio properties in this country. And they all, not only do radio, but they also have an outdoor advertising business. They do concerts and promotions. Yeah. They do. Uh, they have some TV. Uh, they're very, very big. Do they still do the TV thing? I they thought they got rid of their up. TV. I don't know. They, but, they certainly do. They do radio syndication also. Uh, Rush Limbaugh is theirs. Uh, Art Bell's Coast to Coast is theirs. Yep. Glenn Beck. Is Glenn Beck? Yeah, Glenn, Glenn Beck, Beck is, is theirs. Glenn Beck is Yep. So... Anyway, here's the headline on this about uh, Clear Channel's uh, firings, and the headline I think is just so ominous. They called out the names over the intercom one by one. I'm told that was that's the, tactless. It's awful. I'm told that was the scene at Clear Channel's cluster in Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and, and truth to tell, local managers didn't have any good options, did they? But after they laid off um, staffers and many markets um, got the after the laid off staffers and many markets got the news, they were commonly asked to leave the building immediately and to return this weekend to pick up their personal stuff. Mm. That's strange that they'd come back on the weekend. Um, They'll probably have listen. Listen, and let me go on with this. In at least one major market case, it was done more coldly. Fired staffers were told that their stuff would be shipped to them, and they needn't stop off to say goodbye to coworkers wow. as they were escorted from the building. I, I feel like that's pretty harsh. Yeah. Uh, however, I'm not the kind of person who's going to go and bust stuff up if I get fired. So I could understand it's why they did one that. One thing, if they, if if you, if somebody vandalizes right right there on the property in front of everybody, mm-hmm. you can handle that pretty easily. What they're trying to avoid is on air vandalism, as they t- uh, they would call it. You know, people getting somebody on and runs saying, into the studio, yeah, flips on a talking, mic, yeah. T- Talking on the studio site, oh, you got fired, it's terrible. F is clear channel. Or sabotaging a website or something yeah. like that. That's more what they're trying to uh, go after. But it, their manner of doing it, a lot of these people were salespeople, which I think is the stupidest part of this. But anyway, let me go on. Yeah. Their questions weren't answered by the managers doing the layoffs, and the report I got was the people were treated like they were second-class citizens. And then mm. there's the report out of Tucson. The management stationed a police officer outside the building to watch as people were shown out of the facility and into the parking lot. Wow. Crappy and tactless. Yeah, a lot of these folks were long-timers, too. Yep. And the thing is, is it's it's so silly and so self-serving what Clear Channel's doing. They're firing uh, a whole bunch of the, the sort of newer salespeople. By newer, I mean not in the oldest 25%, essentially, mm-hmm. the, the, the 25% heaviest hitters. And that's really essentially the same thing. If you've been around for a while and you've uh, got a certain level of acume, you're going to get uh, – you're going you're gonna to have all the big accounts. And then the other people are going to be scraping for the scraps under the table. Yeah. Well – what they're trying to do there by firing those people is they're ta- now taking the accounts that those people had, and instead of paying, um, you know, like a, a new uh, business kind of commission, you get more generally in uh, most companies, you get more money for bringing in new business, and then older money for taking in for maintaining, a, yeah, maintaining an account that was given to you, and then um, something in the middle for maintaining an account that you developed, that kind of thing. Yeah. That makes sense. What they're doing is they're essentially taking, uh, they're they're intending to take these accounts, turn them into house accounts. Some house accounts they you know, never have to have a salesperson deal with because the the sales manager can do it and make and they make all the commission. And then um, 
you know, in some cases they'll turn them over to somebody else and then make a – that person will make a lower commission because they're just doing a maintenance account that they've been given, a gift account. I see. So by by, and you said. Uh, Hold on a second. So, the, how many salespeople did they ask? You said it was higher than nine percent. I've heard, um, at, in, in, at least in some markets, uh, thirty-three to fifty percent. Okay. So by doing that, then they're freeing up all the clients that those salespeople had, turning them over as maintenance accounts to the other guys, immediately increasing or turning the, them over to the uh, sales manager, whom um, and and increasing a lot the bottom line even more. So yeah, immediately increasing the amount of money that Clear Channel takes. From those sales immediately, yeah. Wow. And okay. the problem is, this is a and then very short-sighted. They can, but it's a very short-sighted plan to just increase revenue over the quarter because salespeople need training. It's sink or swim out there, and a lot of people sink. The ones that manage it's to a swim, tough job. It is. You've done it, and uh, I do it. It it's not easy, and so the people that manage to do it reasonably well and stay on for a year or something like that, putting them on the street essentially puts a trained salesperson, even though they're not trained terribly well. Clear mm-hmm. Channel trains as supposedly trains better. They didn't train me, but they supposedly started Clear Channel University after I left. My, in my case, it was you know thrown to the wolves. <laughs> but uh, um, the, now you're turning over these trained salespeople to the Citadel, CBS, to their competitors. All um, you know, every competitor in every market. It's crazy. All they're going to do is go across the street. Yeah. Um, I th- I would think that a non-compete would be invalid when you've been fired from a company. So it's not like the people are quitting to mm-hmm. go across the street. Now they've been fired, so they're going to go across the street. Many right. many of the companies are uh, enterprising on this. It's just a very foolish, short-sighted thing for Clear Channel to do. Mm. Well, that's what they're doing, and yeah. they're uh, they're axing their staff, and they. Yeah, what can you say to that? that well, the marketplace is going to to decide. I'm just uh, letting you know people know that hey, you know everybody's always worried about Clear Channel being this big behemoth that uh, cannot be fought, and sorry, they make mistakes too. So is that where you is that how you're tying this into uh, you know the uh, the national audience that we have here, like Clear Channel? Uh, but people are people are concerned with Clear Channel. It's it's in the news on a relatively regular basis. They're probably it's the most reported on radio. A company. Fortune 500 company. Yeah. So I, th- I think that it's relevant to people. Well, um, by the way, Clear Channel's not all bad. I mean, they, no. they, they, they certainly get a lot of bad press. I There's, loved working at Clear Channel, man. I had I had a positive experience there, and I, I, when I was my understanding that a lot of these folks. Did get severance packages, they and many of them said that they were reasonable. So, I mean, it wasn't as though it was a complete uh, slaughterhouse as far as just letting people go and, and throwing them out into the street. They did have a little something, from what I understand, to, to take with them, which is nice. I mean, they you know they don't have to do that. They don't have to offer people severance packages, and, and they did. So, so I didn't know nice. about any severance packages, never saw that in That was late, in one of the later articles that mm-hmm. came out. Uh, it was one of the better things that people had to say about it. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I was fired from Clear Channel, and I got, I think it was like four weeks or something like that. I'd worked there for six years at that point. I, you know, that's not bad for a part-timer. I wasn't really a, a full-time guy at that point. Uh, so, uh, you know, of course, uh, as I was saying, Clear Channel, not always doing terrible, evil things. I mean, there are people out there that would have you believe Clear Channel is the most evil corporation. Uh, I mean, the fact is, uh, they have our show on, I think, three, four, it's probably like six now, including the the Manchester cluster, uh, six radio stations. So, Clear Channel's behind Free Talk Live, and actually a lot of it had to do well, with... Clear Channel's behind ratings, and Free yeah. Talk Live means ratings. Well, right, that's true. In fact, that's what I wanted to go to next, was one of the guys that they gave the axe was the man who was responsible for bringing us on our biggest affiliate, WFLA, down in Tampa, Florida. Tampa's a huge market, 
and uh, FLA he, is a huge station in that market. It's a it's, it, it's you start out at number two with FLA. Yeah, you know? they're the number two station out of all of the stations, and that's of twelve plus the demographic of people that are over the age of twelve. So that's a pretty big station. And Gabe Hobbs was the uh, programmer down there. He's he's he was the senior vice president of news talk programming for Clear Channel, and had worked there for like twenty something years, and they let him go. So, I mean, that's probably one of those moves where so-and-so's been there for so long, let's ax him and bring some young kid in and have him do the job for half the price. That's probably what that move was. Could be, but you can't sink a guy like Gabe. I mean, he's got Oh, yeah, he's going to come back somewhere else. But what I wanted to say was, WFLA, we got the numbers in from from the fall 2008 book. We increased their ratings by 400% in uh, in less than a year. On WFLA on Saturday nights, free talk live for ratings. Two hours. They only took two hours of our Saturday show, and their ratings are up four hundred percent. Pretty cool. And it's all thanks to uh, you guys for helping us get on more stations through the AMP program. More coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, including the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. That's a lot to talk about there over at the BBS. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. I want to invite you to the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's happening March 5th through the 8th. So, wow, just over a month. I mean, really, the gap is closing here. Uh, We will be in the Nashua, New Hampshire Crown Plaza Hotel for that entire weekend. You and I, Mark, will be doing Free Talk Live live on location. And we'll be interviewing all kinds of interesting people because... The Liberty Forum is just packed with interesting individuals, all of whom are liberty-oriented, most of whom are either living in New Hampshire or are considering moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. It's the Free State Project that's putting on this this particular event, and as you know, if you've listened to the show before... The Free State Project is a movement of thousands of liberty-loving people all moving to the same state, which it happens to be New Hampshire. So this is a great opportunity to meet a lot of the people, a lot of the activists that we talk about on this show, uh, a lot of the activists that you hear calling this show. Many of these folks are going to be in attendance at the Liberty Forum, as well as some big names like Glenn Jacobs. And I do mean big. He's uh, more, more commonly known as WWE's Kane. Also other uh, big names in the liberty movement like Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty. Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com and Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. There's a full list of all of the speeches and the panel discussions and all the activities that are going to be going on. You can see that over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That again is freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use Free Talk Live's discount code to save yourself 10%. And the code is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. And we'll see you at the 2009 Liberty Forum, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want, we'll talk to Ben across the pond in the U.K. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. I'm in the U.K. Hi. Yes, sir. Uh, I was just wondering about uh, freedom of speech, you know. You put up a a website and... um, We'll say the web hoster gets complaints, uh, maybe from politicians or God knows who, and then uh, maybe a lawyer's letter, solicitor's letter, as we say here, 
and uh, they get scared they're going to be sued, so they take you, you withdraw the uh, hosting, and you're left uh, with nothing, and <laughs> you can't do anything. Do you, do you know if uh, I was I was looking around uh, of any uh, web hosting organizations that uh, uh, would um, you know wouldn't buckle under to that type of uh, Frivolous, uh, I don't know. I'm sure they are out there. There are certain countries, for instance, that are very good about web freedom. And I know that the, they were selling that platform out in the ocean for a little while. Uh, there's a there's an old naval platform. I think it's uh, somewhere outside of the UK there. I don't remember what it's called, but you may be more familiar with it than I am. But essentially it was up Sea Sealand. Sealand, that's what it is. They were selling Sealand for a while. And I don't know who ended up buying it. Maybe it's still up for sale. I'm not sure. I don't recall how that story ended up turning out. But I know that uh, the Pirate Bay, for instance, was interested in buying it. It didn't pan out for them, but they were interested in purchasing it so they could run an uncensored web hosting operation out of Sealand. So there are such entities out there. I do not know of any uh, to recommend to you. Perhaps some of our listeners are more technical-oriented uh, listeners sure. out there can make some suggestions, and they're certainly welcome well, to call in. There are ways to put out articles on things. Um, submit uh, to submit articles. Articlebase.com is run from Israel. You can submit, uh, or people that have, uh, have, you know, are concerned about freedom and reporting things can actually write articles themselves and get them uh, listed high on the, on the directory engines to, uh, quite easily. But that's just a, a suggestion I'm throwing out there for those that uh, don't put up websites, and there are many people like that. Uh, but, uh, well, thank you for the ever... suggestion. What was the website again? Article Base. Article, sorry, ArticlesBase.com. Um, so ArticlesBase. All right. Well, thank you for the suggestion, and good luck store. finding that uh, that web host that'll stand up to the state. I doubt there are very many of them, but I, I imagine there's somebody out there who will do it. Well, thank you, you sir. Must, uh, you, you probably have that. I mean, nobody could complain to the, your web hoster unless you're web hosting it yourself, are you? Your own site. We are running a server. We have our own server in a rack somewhere, I think down in uh, – actually, I don't know where our current uh, host is located. But we have our own server somewhere in the United States. But that doesn't oh, mean that the fine. server company won't go in and shut down your server if the feds show up. I think they absolutely would. I mean, most companies, corporations are are uh, you know, the government's lapdogs. They'll bow down and do whatever it is the men with the guns say. And I don't, you know, I don't blame them for it. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Because these are people, as you touched on earlier, Mark, these are people who got into business to do business, not do activism. Yeah. Uh, they did not invest in... The, the, the people that do professional web hosting and serve, uh, providing servers for, for people like us, they did not invest hundreds of thousands of dollars or maybe even, a, I don't know how much these uh, server rooms cost, but they did not invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in server, rack equipment, pa uh, uninterruptible power supplies, air con multiple air conditioning units, battery, you know, uh, essentially redundancies, battery backups. They did not invest that money so they could just put it all on the line when the feds came to, uh, to raid them and, and make demands of them. I'm sorry, but they didn't. I wish there were more people out there that would run their businesses with uh, with that ex expectation, with the expectation of, well, if the feds come, we're going to stand up against them. Those businessmen just, they don't really exist. Yeah, you've got to be making a lot of money to do it. You've got to be prepared to hold out. Yeah, I mean, if you've got enough money, then it doesn't matter. I mean, if you are so wealthy to where you could just start a business and expect that it may get shut down at some point or expect to have some kind of uh, encounter with the, the feds, I think that's great. I wish we had more people that were willing to do that, but they just aren't out there because 
They're in business to make money. They're in business to provide products and services to people. And they're not in business to stand up against the feds. If that changes, I think it'd be wonderful. Because I think that if businessmen would stand up against the state, then it could be very powerful. I mean, we saw the story of the guy that was paying his employees in gold or silver, one or the other. He was paying his employees with precious metals instead of dollars. He was paying them that in U.S. currency that was precious metals. That's the trick. I don't understand. Well, he was paying, like, say it was a $20 gold piece. Uh-huh. Um, so he was essentially paying them $20. So they were getting as, uh, compensated as, um, uh, you know, freelancers well below what the market value would be. But, in fact, they're getting gold in the form of a $20 piece. You understand? Oh, I didn't really realize that detail. Yeah, yeah that, it wasn't clear in the story that we read the first time, but it, uh, it did become clear later. Well, but, but still, even with that detail in mind, that's an unusual situation. It's yep. an unusual circumstance, and he actually ended up getting away with it. That guy won his case against the IRS. Because he was using uh, U.S. currency. Right, but it was very interesting, and uh, they, they tried to get him, but he stood his ground, and he stood up for his employees' right to be paid in gold and silver, to be paid in something outside of the typical uh, U.S. government uh, fiat currency. So more power to him and the other employers like him out there. There aren't very many of them, and if you're one of the lucky folks that works for one of these guys, love to hear your story. Or if you're one of those business owners that is willing to stand up to the feds, or has stood up to the feds, now and then you'll hear the stories, like Quest, for instance, Quest Communications uh, refused to turn over files to the feds when they were demanding them, when they, they refused to turn over people's phone records. That's awesome. I love stories like that. Whenever we come across them, we'll talk about them here, except we just don't come across them very often. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And from time to time, we do get the chance to get through some emails here on the show, but it's rare. So if you're sending an email hoping we're going to read it on the air, man, you better just keep your fingers crossed because we get a lot of emails and we just don't have time to uh, to get to very many of them. But the occasional one does get on. And Mark, you had one you wanted to highlight tonight. Yeah, um, we had a call in, it wasn't too long ago, uh, from Matt, and he said that he didn't like the way I said that uh, the Federal Reserve is about as federal as the Federal Express. I took his side, I said that he was absolutely right, and as he pointed out, it was an insult to Federal Express. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a little nitpicky, I think that the intent is to show that it is, um, that, well, it's it's not federal. The simply the fact that you put federal in your name doesn't make you uh, a federal agency. Mm-hmm. However, it looks like Matt's done a great deal of research here, and I'd like to read a, an email from him. Okay, I sure. I haven't checked any of this stuff. I don't know it to be true. I think it's very hard to find out information about the Federal Reserve. Uh, I've tried to find out things, and it looks like he knows he's done some research, and so take it for what you um, take it for. Dear Mark, 
We had a short conversation on Monday regarding your use of the phrase the Federal Reserve is as Federal as Federal Express. I think you made some good points about the difference between the Fed and other government agencies, but not all of them are accurate. First, the fact that hmm. private pri- profit exists within the Federal Reserve system is entirely true, but is not. Um, but it is. Uh, but it's and so is it. So it is with every government agency. I.e., bureaucrats don't work for free, and you know as well as I do that plenty of bureaucrats are willing to slip up on the job given the right incentive. Sometimes, which people who want to be uh, left alone are willing to provide. So he's talking about bribes. So there exists private property and all uh, private profit in all bureaucracies. It's not institutionalized in the same way, though. My my claim would be. However, I get uh, the feeling that you're implying that extraordinary profits are derived from the Federal Reserve System by some cadre of mysterious elites who own the stocks. But this is simply untrue, which brings me to my second point. The stocks of the Federal Reserve are owned exclusively by member banks and um, and at non-negotiable levels. Stocks have never been sold to any foreigner or to any individual of the American public or to any American company organization, which is not a bank. So the major member banks of the Federal Reserve, the, was it, 12 of them or something like something that? Something like that. I think it's Goldman Sachs America. and the other guys, America, yeah. they own the Federal Reserve. They own the stock. They own the stock, and they own them at non-negotiable levels of some sort. Okay. Non-negotiable the- means what? Well, they they don't get to say I'd like to have more shares of the uh, the Federal Reserve. They just get whatever amount they get by buying in. That's it. Okay. And he has more information on it here. Furthermore, the profits from stock holding are a small in size and actually function more similarly to a certificate of deposit than stock because of the value of the stock is fixed and cannot be increased or decreased in any way. Member banks, as mentioned earlier, have non-negotiable levels of stock holdings. At this time, it is six percent of the member bank's capital, which is required to be invested. In the Federal Reserve. So they have to keep 6% of their capital. Well, I don't know if that means entire um, everything or what, but hmm. uh, let's see. Um, that means that the banks get 6% of what they initially paid in, not 6% of the Federal Re- Fed's overall profits. The remaining profits of the Fed are all given to the Treasury. The Fed retains only so much as um, it, uh, of its income as to pay for operating expenses and the dividends to its member banks. The rest goes right back to the Treasury. Because the Fed can't keep any of its profits, it tends to inflate its operating expenses by building veritable palaces for its offices. Hmm. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a Federal Reserve uh, branch building. I saw one of them. I protested at the Fed in Detroit as part of the national in-the-Fed rallies. But they look more like the estates of European nobility and royalty than nondescript office buildings. In actual fact, there's no obscene profit being made by private citizens through the Federal Reserve System. Rather, the large beneficiary is the government, which not only is able to use the Federal Reserve to impose inflationary taxes on the American people, but also receives the vast, vast majority of the profits from the system. So apparently the profits go back into the Treasury. So the Federal Reserve doesn't make profit, but they do have a budget for themselves. They make some, but not much. They make enough. Okay. Well, they cover their costs. And they have an incentive to increase their costs in order to make right. things so cushy. He's, I think that he's basically making the contention that although they're not entirely a federal agency, they're darn close. Hmm. And he might be right. 
So if you're keeping a tally here, the Federal Reserve is an organization created and sustained by legislative fiat, a government-granted monopoly, which has a board of governors appointed by the president. Its actions are subject to the scrutiny of Congress, to which, by law, it must report twice a year. It is given the power to regulate private banks. Most of uh, most all of its profits are given to the Treasury, and the board of governors and all of the people they employ are federal employees who are paid in accordance with federal pay scales and get mm. federal retirement business benefits in what way is that not a federal agency interesting well the fact that it isn't a federal agency but it it's really close from what he's so it's saying a private agency operated by the federal government basically or something really like really that. close sort of like the post office i did my best to find some analogous um something something analogous to the uh the federal reserve that would make a quick and easy plus comprehensive uh, plus comprehensible by the average person the closest that i could find was public private partnership what Perhaps. about the post office aren't they federal employees i I don't know. I don't. I, I think. I think. I, don't, I think that they uh, would be getting uh, retirement. At least some of their employees, at some point or another, were getting federal retirement. That's all I can tell you. Hmm. Probably our listeners will be able to tell you better than I. Okay. At least uh, the people aren't given the impression that the uh, um, Federal Reserve is disconnected from the government, while still making your point that some private control is exerted over the system. The reason I bring all of this up is not because I want to have a gotcha moment. People make mistakes and no one has time to research everything themselves, but rather because I think your show is so important in spreading the message of freedom and liberty. You're right, Matt. Millions of people are likely, <laughs> think to be, so too. likely to be listening to your show, and many, no matter how often you remind them to check up um, on their stuff for themselves, are going to take you at your word when you say something. It's true, Matt. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And it's people like you, Matt. If Assuming you're right, and I'm going to assume that that's... That's true. I mean, you really you wrote a really convincing email here. That's how we learn things when we don't know. It's hard to research all this stuff. On Most of what talk, I know, I learned from the callers on this show. On Free Talk <laughs> Live, we don't have it like other radio shows. Uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly, Glenn Beck, they've got a team of guys that research uh, the stuff that they're going to talk about in a day. We don't come in here knowing what we're going to talk about. Yeah, my day is spent doing other things. We take we take calls from people, and we have to field those calls. So we have to have a, a wide range of knowledge. And the fact is, on everything, we don't we only know enough to be able to talk on the air. Right. I really appreciate. Uh, uh, great emails like this. I mean, even if they I, don't, I'm going to assume what he's saying all true. I mean, it just sounds it. He's, it sounds it's researched. Yeah. It's footnoted. I mean, what, what do you want? Well, I know that I, there's some of it that I know is true. I mean, I know the president appoints certain I know that people to be true. there, so that's. I mean, it's definitely factual in many way, many um, instances. There. Okay, so he goes on. Not to put anything on your shoulders here, but don't worry, Matt. <laughs> so vain that it doesn't matter. Uh, but that, uh, but it makes accuracy paramount for you. Having catchy phrases is nice, but they can't be so simplified as to lose the truth uh, value behind them. Otherwise, we should just sound like socialists who use phrases like help the poor, crush the evil corporations, and mm-hmm. when their policies in reality result in the exact opposite outcomes. Thanks for all your hard work, Matt. Great points. Okay, so, um, you know, like, if if i got to be wrong, that's what I am today. Sure. It's good email. We've been wrong in the past, yeah. and we'll probably be wrong in the future. We, we <laughs> just... All learning here. Yeah, we're, we're humans just like anybody else. Uh, just because we have microphones in front of our faces doesn't make us more special or more knowledgeable than anybody else. In fact, the average talk show host, I would say, is probably less, is probably not as knowledgeable as most people believe they are. Well, it's like I said, they have a team of people and they know what they're going to talk about. They, uh, yeah. they know what they're going to talk about. They know, uh, they, they know who they're taking the calls from. And they stay on topic for an entire hour in a lot of cases. They're not going to take, um, take a call from you if you're sounding like you're smarter than them, making a look, make them look like a fool, any no of that doubt. stuff. Not going to happen. 
No doubt. In fact, isn't that against the the talk radio rules? Like, yeah, that's don't let what yourself we were be upstaged or whatever by the callers. That's what we were told. Right. They, they basically they have these rules they give you when you become a, a talk radio host that essentially says that you know you are uh, your god when you're on the radio and you can never be wrong and when someone is challenging you you can't admit that you're wrong. <laughs> There's so many different. It's just silly nonsense that has Absolutely. nothing to do with reality. <laughs> So we try to be real on this show, and I think, and I really appreciate emails like that from knowledgeable people who have something to share. However, if you want to get your information on the air with us, the best way to do it is to pick up the phone and call us. If you hear us being wrong about something, it's nice to send an email to correct us, but it's very rare that we get to read those corrective emails on the air. So pick up the phone and do it on air. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. That number again is 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support the show, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of different things you can do. Most of them are completely free. Some very low cost. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com and help us get this show into more ears. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Coming up, outlawing profanity. But first, breaking news, uh, as actually of last night. I was going to do this last night, but we didn't get to it. From Steve Cubby out in California, uh, where the Drug Enforcement Administration has raided another medical marijuana dispensary as of yesterday in South Lake Tahoe, California. In the first days of the new Obama administration, even though President Barack Obama had made repeated promises during his election campaign to end federal raids in medical marijuana states, a California cannabis dispensary complying with state law was robbed at gunpoint by DEA officers. Medical marijuana and an unknown amount of cash was seized during the raid from Holistic Solutions, but no, or at Holistic Solutions, but no arrests were made. And this, by the way, is typical. I'd like to point out that uh, this is what has been going on for a while now in California, where these DEA thugs, and there is no other word for these people, these DEA thugs, well, maybe gangsters, When they go into these places with their guns drawn and they hold up peaceful marijuana smokers and these marijuana vendors, steal their pot, steal their cash, and will not make a single arrest. Because if they arrest anyone, then these arrests can be challenged in court. And they don't want that possibility. So they're just robbing them. I mean, if you're not using your police powers to arrest, it's just robbery. Yep. Uh, In fact, these have been going on for quite a while now. In fact, over a 100 raids like this have happened in the last two years in California alone. While the greatest federal enforcement has occurred in California, the DEA has been active in other states as well. Federal agents raided the Washington state offices of a medical marijuana advocacy group that was supplying starter plants to hundreds of authorized patients. In Oregon, a federal grand jury was used by the DEA to obtain the medical records of several patients, an effort that was later rejected by a federal court. And the DEA also went as far as to threaten New Mexico officials for planning to implement that state's medical marijuana distribution program. Senator Obama said in a 2007 statement, quote, I would not have the Justice Department prosecuting and raiding medical marijuana users. It's not a good use of our resources, he continued. This statement was followed up by Obama in other public events in the run-up to the election. 
President Obama has just given more protection to terrorists in Guantanamo Bay than sick and dying patients in California. Nice. Terrorists from 9-11 are now being entitled to fair trials, while federal marijuana defendants face show trials, in which they're denied their most basic rights or even the opportunity to make a legal defense. Either Obama keeps the promise he made to the voters of this country, or he'll quickly be exposed as a fraud, said Steve Cubby, director of the American Medical Marijuana Association. We've had Steve on the show in the past. You can catch that interview over at guests.freetalklive.com if you missed it. And just another example of how these politicians say one thing and do another. Now, and it's another example of how uh, you know many marijuana smokers put their faith in Obama, Obama. to yeah. uh, be a good choice to vote for and voted for him based on that. And putting your faith in politicians, right? How always, hard... always seems to be just a bad choice. Right now, I saw this. This article came in from Steve Cubby last night during the show. And then today I saw the medical, excuse me, not medical, I think it was Marijuana Policy Project, MPP. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had sent out an email talking about this raid. However, they suggested that, well, the reason this happened was because Obama's brand new and he hasn't had a chance to change out the DEA yet. So all that's going on here is that they're holdovers from the Bush administration. That's what's happening. Just just some guys who are still there from Bush, and uh, we're trusting that Obama's going to set things right. He's going to go in there. You and might as well new- trust it. He's going to go what in there is gonna make. and uh, and put in some new people in the DEA. So they were, you know, asking people to write their uh, write the White House and encourage them to do this sooner rather than later. But even if that's true, even if what they claim is true and that these are just some holdovers from the Bush administration and that Obama's going to change it. Well, he hasn't changed it yet. And how damn hard is it? How hard is it for him? Obviously, he's he doesn't give a flip. About marijuana smokers, because he the the number one question on the Change.gov website was about marijuana legalization. He blew those people off and said uh, Obama's Obama does not support legalization. So clearly he doesn't care. Uh, but these marijuana advocates or these uh, these activists are just plugging their ears and yelling la la la, just trying to ignore all of the tyrannical things this man uh, clearly stands for. So we'll see what happens. I predict uh, nothing significant will change at the federal level. If he actually stops the raids, that'll be great. I'll be really, I will be happy to announce that news on this program, but I don't expect to ever announce it. We announce good news whenever we get it, uh, when it comes from the government. So I don't expect to uh, to have to announce that news, uh, and I'm not going to keep my fingers crossed that anything is going to change, because even if these holdovers are, are the ones responsible for this in the DEA... Even if they're still working for the DEA, Obama, all he has to do as the head of the executive branch, the DEA is part of the executive branch, he doesn't need Congress's approval for anything like this. He just also, All he would have to say would be, okay, you guys don't do this anymore. Also, um, it, isn't it an arrestable offense? I mean, he is the chief of the executive branch um, who enforces the law. It, it would seem to be illegal to confiscate a business's stuff without uh, arresting them. I mean, if... If he was uh, the head of the le- uh, the executive branch and cared anything about uh, the law, then you would think no, that... No, it's legal. You can take people's money. If you're, if you're the government people, you can take money from others and product, and you can charge the money and the product. Well... <laughs> you, you put criminal charges on a stack of cash, and then there's a court case where the U.S. government 
a fictitious organization goes up against a stack of cash, and essentially nobody can defend the stack of cash, so the they take the cash and they put it into their coffers, and court case is over, and they make it look like they're doing something important, and it's crazy. I don't know crazy. what nut um, allowed that to be the, the case. It's crazy. Well, I mean, the American people allowed it to be the case by not standing up and doing something about the tyranny when it started. So now here we are today. Don't get your don't keep your fingers crossed over this one. All right, Mark, uh, let's talk about outlawing profanity here in the remaining moments. Well, um, there's a state senator that uh, wishes to do just that. Apparently, this gentleman's name is uh, Robert Ford. This is coming from uh, Coton2.com. State Senator Robert Ford is hoping to outlaw lewd language and is pushing for a bill that would prohibit profanity. Under the pre-filed bill, profanity could land you in jail for five years and or cost you $5,000 in fines. Now, I have to say, Mark, I don't like talking about proposals on this show too often. It just shows how crazy it is. This it is just shows how crazy and power mad these people are, but a lot of these proposals end up getting shot down. They do. However, some of them that seem really absurd do end up coming through, like the, uh, the, the saggy pants bans. I mean, those actually happened. Now, some of them have been overturned, uh, but they, a lot of these crazy ideas do go through, and some people suffer as a result of them. Well, Five years for saying the F word? Uh, well, it, it says under um, which words exactly are considered profane is still unclear, but the bill does <laughs> have a list of qualifications profanity, including words or actions that are lewd, vulgar, mm. indecent in nature. <laughs> Whatever that stuff means. Yeah. Uh, they, they spoke to uh, Deborah Gummins of the uh, Charleston School of Law about the freedom of speech. She reminds that the First Amendment is not absolute. Well, only because the government has infringed on it. It certainly sounded absolute when it said, Congress shall make no law. <laughs> I think this is an incredibly dangerous idea. I mean, the, the idea that they are going to define profanity not with specific terms, yes. but with the idea that it's, uh, it, well, it, we consider it indecent. So there's a, sh- there's a really entertaining uh, television show called Battlestar Galactica on TV now. Yeah. And they replace, the they replace words, uh, specifically the F-bomb, with frack. Yes, frack is the new f u that term. So, uh, so on the show they use frack as though they were using the f bomb, and they use it in every they, they use it in exact mother fracker. I mean, they use it <laughs> as a exact replacement for the f bomb. So uh-huh. it's it's as effective as a curse word as the f bomb because everybody knows what they're saying. It's said with uh, with gusto. Uh, you know, it is it's uh, it's very dramatic. It's liable to catch on. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Frack you. Uh, that's what they say. Well, go frack yourself. Then. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they say those things in the show. So under this law, wouldn't they be able to say that, well, you're just replacing the F-bomb with frack, and we know what that really means, so that's illegal, too. Flip you. That could be illegal. I mean, they could make it. They could just yeah. say whatever they want is illegal. It, it, it's silly, and uh, you know, as I've said many, 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 many times, I would rather have a more tyrannical law that is enforced fairly and um, you know evenly, that's uh, clear and, and uh, not arbitrary, than one that's uh, you know less so, that's uh, you know vague and, and can't be for- enforced very easily. And this one's both. Well, I'm sure if more comes out on this, we'll bring it to you. And otherwise, we'll bring you more fun tomorrow night. Hopefully, you'll bring fun to us by calling in and participating in the show. Bring up whatever you want. That is why we call the show Free Talk Live. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. See you for the live Saturday edition tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 